Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. If you're anything like Sayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today we have an expert in entity formations and maintenance for you today, Sunny Lee. And she is the co-founder and CEO of Go Beagle. So Sunny, welcome to the show. And how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. So Sunny, can you share a little bit more about your background and what you focus on at Go Beagle and how you ended up creating this company? Sure. So I've been in the legal industry for 24 years. Um, I've been a corporate paralegal and a corporate specialist for firms like Kirkland and Ellis, Paul Hastings, some of the major firms. And while I was going to business school, I met my partner, Simone Zacharias, and we got together and decided what would be a good solution to provide, especially in the legal tech side. And one of the pain points that I've always encountered in my career was having a lot of clients that have many entities under their management. And a lot of those entities go out of compliance or out of good standing or they forget to do their annual requirements. And so those entities are either administratively dissolved or they are avoided by the state. So this solution was in order for us to help people maintain those entities to make sure that they don't go out of standing. And it's really geared towards pretty much everybody that owns entities in real estate. It's great in that sense, right? So when you say maintenance, can you elaborate on, let's say if I create an entity for my real estate holdings, what kind of maintenance are you talking about in terms of the entity itself? Sure. Since LLCs and well, all kinds of entities need to file annual reports and you file this small questionnaire with the state saying, telling them what the status of the entity is, whether it's active, who are the officers and directors and so on. For instance, in California, for LLCs, you do it every two years. For corporations, you do it every year and so on and so forth. In Delaware, it's every year. You also pay a minor franchise tax in Delaware. So these are annual items that you do for the entity separate from your registered agent payments and whatnot. For entities also, in corporations, for instance, they have annual shareholders and board meeting requirements. It's annually for Delaware. It's about 15 months in California and so on. And depending on what your operating agreement is on the LLC side, you have annual meeting requirements, uh, depending on what the agreement says. And so you have to keep up with those in order for you to continue to keep your corporate veil. 
Got it. And so is it the owner of the entity or is it the lawyers who have helped you put together that entity that you as an owner of the entity, is there something additional that you need to do? That's a great question. Typically, this is the owner's are responsible for it. In a corporation case, there are many shareholders, obviously. The board of directors and executive team is in charge of of putting that together. Typically, they'll have an attorney do it for them. However, if you think about one attorney having 300 clients and all 300 clients having at least 10 or 20 entities each, it's a lot. They won't be able to keep up with that. And so oftentimes what happens is that a lot of those things fall under the cracks and they don't get taken care of. We provide basically a reminder and a way to stay on top of all of those requirements. Got it. And so like when you provide the reminders, especially like people who have maybe multiple entities, they have, they're operating under multiple LCCs. How do they typically manage that? And how are they able to kind of keep organized so that they are continuously managing it and then not neglecting the maintenance of it? So currently, a lot of people use a person or their attorneys, or their attorney's paralegals, and they pay those exorbitant fees in order to have that kept up. The problem is that it doesn't really happen. I know this because I've been inside the firm, and I have sat there thinking that there's no way I can keep up with all of the clients. So typically, we send this back to the clients and, and hope that they will take care of it. Now, with Go Beagle, it's a lot easier because you enter your NDPs, you enter the information, And then you get notification, automatic notification. It's an online software. Everything is based on the cloud. And basically, when your annual reports are coming up for your, say that you have 20 LLCs in Delaware, which is June 1st, you'll get the notifications for June 1st, and so on and so forth. And so for California, say those entities are qualified to do business in California, which is often the case. You have one entity in Delaware, and then they're qualified to do business in another state, you get a notification for both states. So GoBeagle takes care of that. Okay, so you would get the two notifications, one from the, like like you mentioned, if you have it in Delaware, but you're operating in California, you would get those two different notifications for those two different states. Exactly true. Okay, and then is there any limitation on the number of entities you're able to utilize in the system? No, you can put as many entities as you like. We obviously have plans. When you have a lot, we have to put in more manpower there to help you maintain those. But at this point, you can put as many entities as you would like. Got it. So what happens if we do neglect the maintenance of it? And let's say we don't use a service like Obeagle to keep us upcoming reminders and everything like that. What are some of the things that would happen to your entity if you don't upkeep the maintenance of it? Sure. There are penalties, obviously. For instance, in California, you file your annual report with the state for $25 a year. Basically, that's the filing cost. If you miss that, you will pay a $250 penalty. So the penalty is about 10 times what the normal fee would be. And they make it pretty painful, for instance, because the penalty gets charged through the Franchise Tax Board rather than the Secretary of State. The annual reports are filed with the Secretary of State, but failing to file it with the Secretary of State does not put the penalty fee with the Secretary of State, but rather it goes straight into the Franchise Tax Board. That's when it gets things very complicated. 
And so now you have to figure out how to get to this country's tax board, clear that up with them, and then bring that clear to the Secretary of State to make sure that you're back into good standing. So it could be not only deceit, but it could also be very painful to do. In Delaware, it's a little more simple because it's a little more automated. There are obviously penalties, and then they also charge you, I believe, like a percentage per month for outstanding taxes or fees that you haven't paid. I think it's 1.5%. I don't recall exactly, but it's just about. But those fees do add up over time, and they could basically make your life very complicated. And so most people end up hiring somebody to resolve this issue. It's a lot of going in circles, basically. And when you think of that, what paralegals are charging and the hourly rate nowadays is three to $500 an hour. So if I'm on the phone with the franchise tax board for a couple hours, I mean, that could easily cost you anywhere from six to a thousand, six hundred to a thousand dollars. So is there any like risk of the entity itself being dissolved? Yeah, absolutely. I've seen clients whose entities were not only administrative dissolved, but there's one particular client I can think of a few years back who hadn't filed a California annual report. And I think it was about two years, maybe. And as soon as they were dissolved, somebody came in and formed an entity under the exact same name. Different have, people, different company? Yeah. Uh-huh. Somebody else came in <laughs> and formed the company under the exact same name. This is a company had been operating for 20 years and somebody took their name. And recycling companies, they had all these licenses, right? So the state license, environmental licenses, et cetera. And they were all under this one name that was taken by somebody else, essentially. And I remember the entire fiasco took us about six to nine months to resolve. And the people that had taken the name wanted to sell it back to them for some crazy amount of money. It was a mess. And so I highly, highly recommend people not to lose the entity name and to file the annual report. Wow. What are the odds that right after somebody would just take that name unless they've been like eyeing it for a little while? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't want to scare anybody, but there are people that actually do this for a living. Really? Wow. Yeah. The guy who took the name happened to be an attorney, a small time attorney. I did a small office somewhere in, I think it was Monterey Park or something like that. It was just like somewhere East LA. And I wouldn't be surprised if they had taken more than just that name, but they did take it and they wanted, they held it hostage, basically. They wanted some money for it. Oh, wow. (laughs) As we're looking to maintain it, if you don't have an attorney working with you on this, other resources that you can reach out to to make sure that you're doing an upkeeping and doing the proper maintenance on your entities that you have out there? There really isn't. You would have to talk to not just any attorney, but you would have to talk to an attorney who specializes in governance or somebody who is, who's been in corporate space for a while. Mm-hmm. The reason why is because oftentimes the attorneys are not doing the technical side of the work. They usually have an experienced paralegal to do their work for them. And experienced paralegals or career paralegals are very hard to find, especially nowadays. So if you have a paralegal who does not have the proper experience working on this, it could easily have other issues that you would have to fix later. The main point of GoBeagle, for instance, is so that we 
make sure that there is no fixing to be done later so that you're set without having to go back and reassess where you've gone wrong. So that's where we come in and that I can't think of a service out there that is not an attorney who will be able to help you with this. Yeah. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So for a real estate investor, what is typically a more efficient way to creating entities and forming them so that you're minimizing the amount of maintenance that you have to do down the road? So whenever you have an entity, you have the same amount of maintenance to be done. But I guess the way I'll put it is that you can actually do all of this yourself. There is no secret to forming your own company, filing the paperwork with the state, and doing your own maintenance. It's complicated and it can be kind of tedious and it requires a lot of work on your part. It's time-consuming sometimes, but you can do it yourself if you really, really do want to do it. The problem is, is do you really want to spend all that time doing it yourself or would you rather just have somebody else do it for you, easy peasy, and you never have to look at it again? And I think the answer is most people's default answer will be, I'm just going to have my attorney do it because that's the easiest way I can go and I don't have to bother with it. We are providing some of that bridge because the attorney may help you form the entity, but they may not maintain it. And that's when we come in and say, hey, after you form the entity, talk to us and we'll put it up on our software. And then you get your annual updates and your annual reminders, et cetera, so that you don't have to worry about memorizing all the rules for all of the states where you're in. Got it. So in terms of the entity and the maintenance side of things, was there anything that we missed in discussing that we should be aware of as we're looking and evaluating all the different entities that we have in our grasp, I guess, that we've created? So one of the things that I think that it's really important that I have seen to be slightly problematic is a lot of people have figured out whether the LLC, and this is more because a lot of real estate properties are under LLCs, whether those LLCs are single member or multiple members, if there are multiple members, whether they have the proper operating agreement in place at the same time. And what I've come across in my experience is that not only a lot of those operating agreements don't exist, but even if they did have it at some point, they can't find it. No one can find those agreements or things get lost. And so Go Beagle, we have an electronic minute book essentially where you keep all of those documents in there so you can always find it. And as long as you keep up with those documents and they're 
organized and the properly filed and that you do your annual maintenance. I mean, it's really easy. You can have 3,000 entities. It should be very easy to maintain them and, and have them around and be able to find the information when you need it. The problem is, is that everybody knows, even I know, like when we use a file system like Dropbox, and we start renaming files, all kinds of funky names, we lose all of the documents everywhere. <laughs> so, it, right? We have a hard time finding them afterwards, too. So with the operating agreements that you mentioned, let's say if you couldn't find it, how difficult is it to create another one? It's not difficult to create another one. If you had a form, you can just take whatever form you had. Now, the question is, I mean, there are other implications about losing it. So that, for instance, something happened a year ago, you're trying to find out what happened, and you're trying to find out the operating agreement and your lawyer wants to see it because there's some type of lawsuit. I mean, that's when it gets kind of tricky, right? So if you don't have an operating agreement, try not to get in trouble. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so it's not hard to, to have another one. You can amend and restate. You can amend it and restate it or have a brand new one anytime you want. And you can change it anytime you want. It's just a matter of getting all the proper signatures for all the people to agree. So it's not hard. It's fairly easy. And there are tons of samples online, by the way. So you can find them. You can Google them but everywhere. Or if you want just a short sample, that you, a form document that you can use, you can always email me and I'll throw you a sample that you can work out of. And so in your experience, based off of what you've seen so far, as people are creating these different entities, what has been the biggest mistake that they've made that has caused the biggest maintenance down the road? That's a great question. I was, and this is, I'm going to get a little deep here. When we form C corporations in Delaware, a lot of people get really excited and start issuing 3 million shares of the company, but they authorize 3 million shares with the state. And those shares have franchise tax implications. So there have been times where a very small company, just a one-man shop, just for fun, they went and authorized 10 million shares and then they have to pay like some $100,000 in franchise taxes at the end of the year. Having to sit down and have a conversation with those people is always fun. <laughs> you bring them back to like, no, just have just a thousand shares. It's going to be the same thing. You won't pay $100,000. You'll pay like $300 in tax. Those are always my favorite, I would say. Biggest mistakes, I mean, usually it, simple things like that, I think, just somebody having to guide or give them the proper guidance as to what the technicalities are within each state for formation is different, I guess, in every state, I would say. I don't think anybody's made a massive mistake. There isn't anything in corporate law that cannot be fixed. I don't think I've not been able not to fix something so far. So I've been lucky. So it's okay. <laughs> as long as everybody keeps track of all of their documents and all of the annual requirements that they should go through or the formalities of each of their entities, everybody's pretty safe. Not maintaining it has other consequences, but serious consequences. So. Got it. And so for you, as one of the co-founders of Go Beagle, what was the biggest challenge for you as you've been building up as an entrepreneur and creating this company for yourself and your partners? One of uh, my biggest challenges, I think it's been the information part of Go Beagle. 
it, there's a lot of confusion out there as to annual maintenance of entities versus what is your register agent and so on. And so I get these questions over and over again. Now, your register agent, somebody standing in within the state where you're located or where your entity is formed to receive service of process. And what that means is if you are living in California and doing business in California, but your entity is a Delaware entity and you don't have an office in Delaware, then you need a registered agent in Delaware. And the registered agent would receive service of process for you. You know, notifications, announcements, things from the state, letters from the state or lawsuits. It's a common thing. Uh, you have to have somebody there to accept those. And so that's a different service than what GoBeagle provides. When people think of maintenance, typically they think, oh, I already pay a registered agency. It is not the same thing. And so having to kind of be able to explain that component, like the differences between the two, has been, I think, one of our challenges because there's a lot of confusion as to what annual maintenance is. And so that's been something that we, we're working on still. But it's exciting because we get to talk to a lot of people and meet a lot of people especially during this pandemic where we are locked up at home. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing all that, Sunny. And thank you so much for explaining. This is a complicated concept if you're not legally savvy in this area. <laughs> but thank you so much for breaking it down for us to make it a little bit more easily consumable and easier to follow. Thank you. So then if our listeners wanted to find out more about what you guys do at GoBeagle and learning more about entity formations and some maintenance, where's the best place that they can go? Sure. They can go to GoBeagle.com. It's G-O-Beagle, like the dog, .com. And you can email help at GoBeagle.com. Usually one of us gets the email. I often try to check it. And actually, oftentimes, I respond to most of the emails that do come in through help. And any questions or any doubts, if it's something that we feel that requires an attorney, obviously, we'll refer it out to an attorney to do. But if it's something that we can fairly help you with or easily help you with, we'll, we'll take care of it and we'll sit down and lay out a plan. And happy to answer any questions. I don't get a lot of emails, so. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sunny. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you, Eileen. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifacecapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.